Formula One season kicked off in Bahrain with a few surprises as the checkered flag was waved this weekend. The regulation changes looked to have created a promising season of on-track battles and overtakes. And after round one, Ferrari had the one-two punch. Lewis got lucky to land on the podium and Red Bull, well, the race didn't go as expected with both Perez and defending world champion Max Verstappen finishing with DNFs. I'm Dames Nellis, and this is another race weekend, Canada's F1 podcast. And it is a great day to be a Charles Leclerc kart uh, dealer. Here it is, right here. Here it is, you know. Just, As always, joined yeah. by Daryl Timmers to discuss all things Formula One after the initial season opener in Bahrain. Thank you so much for having and, and sitting down with us. No problem at all. No problem at all. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, so now here we go. First race of 2022. Brand new season, yeah. brand new regulations. On a scale of one to ten, how do you think the regulations went as far as racing goes on track? As far, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna call it a, a hard eight. Hard eight. A hard eight. Okay. They so that was that like an A? Yeah, they, they definitely went in the right direction. The cars are, are are looking way more racier. They're looking like they can pass, as you can see with Max and uh, and Leclerc up front. They were going back and forth for a while. Uh, even in the mid pack, people were passing. It wasn't like it was a lead follow for the entire race. People were able to make moves. They were able to follow close, like seeing the car right behind someone on their on their wing and the car doesn't understeer and wash away was like a big big step in the right direction it's not perfect yet but it's definitely in the right direction it's a whole new it's a whole new way of racing now um you know they they can fall a little closer but because of all of the aero restrictions and stuff that they're they're using nowadays um you know it's it's they're using uh less i guess because they have they they can follow closer the slipstream is not as crazy anymore right mm. so that's a good part where you know yes they can get closer but it's not going to make it easier because the cars are not you know arrow like slipstream dependent where it's you know any arrow that comes off the car the car is going to be able to to get less less restriction down the straightaway it's kind of has a little bit more drag down the straightaway so it's not like the drs is over powerful and it's making it look like oh yeah these guys are are turbo boosting by each other uh max did look like that a couple of times they they clearly have some top end pace compared to everyone else but you know for the general aspect of things i would say yeah it was it was definitely a step in the right direction uh we're i'm looking forward to this season because it's it's going to be a good race looking at the racing there was overtakes there was close following and like you said there wasn't any washing into understeering out of the corner you didn't hear guys on the radios like i can't get close enough man i can't yeah. get close enough so this is just the initial yeah race there's still 22 left yes and early days and early signs of the regulation change uh being that they changed it to make the racing a little bit more racy would indicate that yes this season we are going to get some great on track battles, battles exactly. from front all the way to the back because yeah. that was the thing as well as you look at the racing you see the top teams mercedes ferrari red bull kind of pulling away and pulling those gaps but in the back it looked like a dogfight. Yeah. from i would say like anywhere from that last points slot yep. p10 to p20 yeah those cars were like three wide going into some corners yeah. and it was you know there was a battle with albon and bottas and uh zoe that was that was pretty phenomenal yeah man. it so. was it was i honestly uh, i was super happy with all of the uh, the progress they made to make the the racing a lot closer like you said from like from 10th back it was like who knows who's gonna get this spot mick <laughs> yeah. was was ninth with six laps to go when that restart happened and and three cars passed him because it was just couldn't hang on with those tires anymore and you know when you see stuff like that where 
it's not over until that checkered flag hits. You know, majority of the time last year, it was like, okay, you know, we got five laps left. The field spread out enough that we're not going to see any changes now where this race went down to the last lap, went down to, you know, the the final points position was was literally solved on the last lap. So it's showing that these cars are definitely a lot more racy and uh, the drivers are liking it. Yeah, it was very Abu Dhabi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, after the first Grand Prix, which is the bigger headline for you? Ferrari 1-2 or Red Bull DNFs? I think for for the history of the sport, definitely Ferrari. Um, you know, seeing them be up front and be comfortable up front. Like, they're not just barely hanging on. They controlled that race from the get-go. And that's got to be a huge headline in F1 right now. Because, you know, for a heritage team just like Ferrari, who's been there since the beginning, it's it's good to see that, you know, teams like, you know, it doesn't teams like Williams where they've been around forever and they're struggling it shows that yeah these teams have ups and downs and sooner or later they sort their stuff out and they're right back to the front again and seeing Ferrari right back at the front this is great for the sport it just shows never give up keep developing your cars and you'll get back to the front again it's it's it is hard it is a lot of R&D it is a lot of work a lot of man hours but it works and and Ferrari proved that when they showed up this year and uh, and from last year to this year it's a totally different team they they just seem confident walking through the pits now so you're going with Ferrari one Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with the Ferrari one too. The Red Bull obviously is is a big headline because like they, that didn't happen last year. That that didn't happen in the past few years. They were a, a strong, solid team that you know we didn't really look at the reliability issue. But this happens when you know two teams like Mercedes and and Red Bull were in a dogfight for the championship and put all all their marbles into one jar and said oh, we're going for this car last year and we'll worry about our next year car you know, after the season. And it showed that, you know, the car, the teams that said, you know, forget 2021, we're focusing on 2022, like a team like Haas, where they didn't even do any development into their 2021 car. They just said, let's do the 2022 car. Let's get this going. And you can see that Ferrari and Haas were very, very strong because those were the two teams that said, we're not putting any more development into our 2021 car last year, whatever it is, it is. Next season is going to be a strong season for it. And we'll make it up next year. Right. So that's, that shows that two teams that are have been dominating for so long that had to put so much R&D into last year's car to get that championship hunt. It's it's kind of hurting them right now because they didn't get that R&D like, like Ferrari and, and Haas did throughout the whole season last year. So that reliability and stuff, they can simulate it on the simulators and figure out, you know what, we got to fix this because this is going to be a problem later on in the year. And they, you know, they went through all those little, those, uh, those small errors that the car is going to have throughout the season. And, you know, the Red Bull and Mercedes didn't have time to do all of that. And it's just they're like, like Toto said, this was a test for them. Like they, they jumped, they came to this weekend knowing that they weren't going to be number one. And they were like, where well, this is the best time to test all of the things that we need reliability, what the car is going to do over a full race stint. You know, most other teams were able to do that on a simulator where the F1, they, the Merck and the Red Bull were, were pretty much finalizing their designs at testing where it's, uh, you know, if you look at the, the Ferrari, they had very minimal changes, like drastic changes to the car from day one of testing to the first race. Same with Haas, you know, the car was the same pretty much from the, you know, I'm not going to say the same, but the same from the first, from the get-go. The thing that's interesting about Red Bull in this particular instance is reliability hasn't been an issue since they parted ways with Renault. Yeah. They, uh, they partnered with Honda. And now this is actually the first year that Honda is out of the sport. Yep. Not, not out of this sport, yeah. but 
this is a Red Bull power unit. Yes. And for the first outing, this looks really, really bad. Yes. Three out of four cars with that power unit yep. didn't even finish the race. Exactly. And and if you look at the Mercedes too, the, the back six cars were Mercedes powered vehicles. So it's kind and of And if like, you look at the Ferraris, yeah, when all, you're talking Alpha, you're talking Haas, you're talking Ferrari. They're all in the top outstanding. 10. Outstanding. Yep, they're all in the top 10. Opening races. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the team's that kind of struggled where, where, yeah, like you said, the Honda cars, they were fast, but they had an engine issue. Four, three of the four cars didn't finish. So, uh, you know, that's that's got to be weighing on them now going into the next race, which is five days away that they're on track. So that's kind of like, okay, well, we don't have time to, to go crazy into the R&D to fix this right now. So let's hope that we can replace a bunch of parts, maybe find something that, <clears throat> you know, happened with the cars that they can, okay, this is, this is what it, the general idea of the issue was. Let's try to fix that one area and hope that the rest of it's okay. And the Mercedes cars just, you know, they've got to pick up the pace. Let's move over to Mercedes. <clears throat> Max Verstappen, <laughs> DNF, it yeah. happens, that's motorsport. Yeah, it is. Mercedes, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah. we spoke in the last podcast. I vividly remember saying to you, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying no. sandbagging. The car looks very difficult to yes. drive right now. Talking back and forth on text throughout the quali, yeah. car just looks stiff, which yeah. means they they haven't really got down to the bottom of this porpoise and thing. No, they haven't. And the yeah. quick fix was just to stiffen everything out to try and get some boost down the straight. Yeah. They didn't have the boost no, down they the straight, <laughs> um, but they somehow managed to finish three four. Yeah, they got yeah. a good points haul. I think going into the race five six was the best case scenario. Yeah. They land three four. Let's talk about the drive from both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, and let's discuss why Lewis Hamilton makes the big bucks. <laughs> that car should not have been on the podium. It's it's as easy as that. <clears throat> he could have got um, he could have got Perez maybe um, because you know they were they, with that that uh, safety car happening. It put him on the wing of the Red Bull, which you know at that point uh, you know Lewis can can try to get around Perez. Perez was struggling a little bit. And it looked like he could have got him by the end of the race, even without that DNF. Um, but this is why he makes the big bucks. He made a car that does not, that should not be there on the podium. And this is kind of scary for everyone else because if Mercedes is struggling and everyone knows that sooner or later they're going to sort it out, the fact that he's got a podium to start the season, which means he's third in the championship, which means he's not that far behind the leaders. So all the other teams were hoping Mercedes struggles for the first four or five races and then it's too big of a gap for them to get the championship and it's too big of a gap for Lewis to get his eighth so when they see Lewis third in the championship after a race that they didn't even think he was going to finish in the top five it's dangerous that's that's not what teams want to see right now because if all of a sudden after you know when they have a little bit more of a break in between races and they come back with a couple more upgrades what if they sort it out a lot quicker than people think? And Lewis is still in the top five going into, you know, the fast Mercedes again. And, you know, this part of this is part of the, the sport, you know, the R&D, the, the struggle that people do and and the mental aspect of things to get over knowing that, you know what, we're in damage control at this point. We need to just put the consistent laps in a consistent race so that we can get points so that if we do sort it out and we do become one of the top cars, we're not that far behind and we can make up that championship hunt again. And the fact that Lewis came away with a third, it was it was shocking. It was like, and now Lewis came with a third, Max and Perez don't even have any points. And that's just like, that. if you if you would have told me to bet on this going into the weekend, I would have not thought this was gonna be the, the results. And I bet you if you went up to Lewis and George and were like, hey, 
if, if we give you third and fourth right now, would you just walk away from the weekend? They would have taken it and ran. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think, what do you make of George Russell's uh, official Mercedes debut? He had a race before in the car, yeah. different circumstance, but this is officially him under the Mercedes Patronus AMG team. How, how, how did his race go? I, I think it was a good solid weekend from him. You know, they, they, uh, they showed that he, he can put the laps and he can be consistent. He doesn't you know, go crazy and try to overdo the car. He did. He just settled into his own race and it ended up coming away with the top five, which was, which is huge for him. Definitely because the car wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't like he was 10th and Lewis was finished third. He finished right behind Lewis. So honestly, it was really good to see him there and, and not far back. You know, that was kind of the issue with Rotas. It was, you know, we see it where Hamilton was struggling with the car, but he still finished in the top five and he was outside the top 10. Um, the fact that Lew- that uh, Russell was there and 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 you know contending if something happened with Lewis he would have been on the podium so it shows that he's there to 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 be a good teammate to you know if Lewis isn't in contention for the the championship and he is then you know they have a good chance of it and I think he should be happy with what this you know how this weekend turned out and uh, you know look to the next weekend. No doubt, it was a great points haul for uh, Mercedes. Damage control maximized, I guess you yeah. could say. Uh, currently sitting P2 in the Constructors' Championship. And in P3, get ready for it. That hash yeah. is the real <laughs> it is. deal. It is. Kevin Magnussen comes back. He had, what, two, maybe three days in yeah. the car? And Early wow. on in the race, was giving Lewis a run for yep. his money. He made a mistake going into corner one, yeah. but he was still able to put a car... Like the hats. Yeah, in the top Very, five. very yeah. close to the podium. Yeah, it's honestly, this is a kudos to Mag. Like, Magnuson, obviously, he's he's the real deal. Like, he can drive. We've all known he can drive. You know, when he was competing with the Haas car, when it wasn't really that good and he was at the back, he he, he was frustrated, you know. And, and you can see that he just came into the sport now. And it's like, it's a whole... It's way more mature, Kevin. Like, mm. he doesn't really... I think he just doesn't care anymore. He's just like, they brought me back. I'm here to to help them get to the front. I'm at the front after three sessions. And the fact that he was able to, to be that successful from being out of an F1 car, which F1 cars are not the easiest things to jump back into. And, you know, look at... Sorry to say, but look at Hulkenberg, where he was kind of struggling at the back. Yes, he out-qualified his teammate, which was which was cool. Which is <laughs> a whole other thing. Yeah, that's, that's, let's just uh, leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but with Meg jumping up and, and beating his teammate by a fair bit... Um, nothing taken from Mick. Mick had a, a solid race. He, he almost got those points. Mick had a good race. He yeah. got mixed up and did a phenomenal yeah. 360. And kept going. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I think he lost one position yeah, when he did that. Yeah, he lost two quick. <laughs> yeah. And it was the guy who hit Akon hit him. He got yeah. penalized for it. But I, I really do think that if that hadn't happened, we're looking at double points for Haas. Yes. And uh, some incredible audio from Gunter Steiner yes. comes Drive to Survive Season 5. Yeah. Because, yeah. It, the, the car is looking solid. Like, yeah, like you said, he made those errors. Um, but it's going to happen when you've been out of an F1 car for that long and you haven't raced and you have people all over you. You know, and it wasn't like he drove off the track. It's just he blew his apex, you know, missed Which the happened apex. Which happened to Max. Yeah, it, it happened, happened to, to the best of them. Yeah, and you like know. when Lewis came out of the pits, he almost drove off the track, like... That, that was, was yeah. I thought he was going around because clearly the the car. That's why they pay him the big yeah, bucks. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and for him to to just jump in and and top five that car, it's it's huge to show why he's back in that car. And the Haas has clearly put the time in last year to develop that car to be at the pointy end of the stick now. 
So as we were saying earlier in the discussion, we're looking at the Red Bull cars, three out of four don't finish. We're looking at the Mercedes powered cars for the most part running in the back. Yeah. And we're looking at the Ferrari cars dominating yeah. the first race. Yeah. Because Alfa Romeo actually had a fantastic weekend. They did, they did. Uh, double points haul. Yep. Zoe puts it P10 for his first, first race, race, scoring yep. points. He's very happy. Bottas yep. had a rough start. Was able to pick it back up, finishing the points. What do you yeah. make of their weekend? Um, I honestly think this kind of put the critics to to rest about Zoe. He he he, he can clearly drive. He's in F one and he top ten. He was one of the, the few guys to ever score points in this first race, and uh, you know that just kind of put the confidence into the the car that much more. And Botas, you know, like you said, he had a, a kind of a rough start, but he kept his head down and charged back through the field, which uh, you know it was kind of. Uh, uh, hey, look, this is what I can do type thing. And to my critics. Yeah, to my critics and whoever may concern. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, great. That's, <laughs> and, and I'm happy with it. Like The fact that it was such a mix-up in the top 10 with manufacturers and different drivers and seeing that you know the cars that were developed a lot last year were successful. And, and you know, it, it's kind of, it would kind of suck if all of a sudden Haas was still at the back of the pack. And it's like, you know... At that point, you have to look at the team and be like, okay, what happened? Why did we have double the amount of time that everyone else did to develop a car and it didn't happen? You know, the Alpha looked really good, looked really solid. You know, it didn't have a complete race pace. It, it had solid race pace, but it wasn't like it was, it was running up front or anything. But it's still, you know, last year they were struggling to score points. They would get a one or two position, one or two uh, races where they did score points, but it was always like a, a tenth and stuff like that where... You know, both cars being in the top 10 shows that, you know, we can go into weekends now not knowing who's going to have a good race, not knowing that these guys are going to dominate. Yes, Ferrari is is very strong right now, but it wasn't like Red Bulls were way far behind. They were there. They just couldn't, they didn't have the longevity of the race pace like the, the Ferrari did. And you saw it once, you know, Leclerc and, and Max stopped battling, Leclerc checked out again. And it's it just shows that, you know, the Ferrari is a, a better package for the races um, you know, the, the Red Bull could hang on, but it's just they got to sort out some of the reliability issues and, you know, some of the, the, the um, I guess, the tight corner speed where, you know. Second sector. Yeah, the second sector. So where, let's, let's discuss that for a second because lap 17, we, we see the initial phases of this great battle between yes. the two young lions, Verstappen, defending champion, and Leclerc, who's leading the race. Yep. Verstappen comes in, he takes him on corner one, quick switch back. That's one lap. Lap 18, yes. same thing happens. Same thing. <laughs> lap 19, same, same thing, thing happens. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, we know Max is great. Yeah. And we've been critical of his maturity in the past because I think it is warranted. Yeah. And this is another instance where I feel like it was warranted. He tried the same move three times in a row. Yeah. And there's two DRS zones within the space of three corners. Yeah. Why do you think he didn't just get close enough? Because he also lunged when he locked that tire yeah, up. Like, exactly. let's be honest. Yeah. He would have been close enough to take him in the DRS zone, yeah. get into the tight sector of the track where you know the Ferrari is faster than you do. They, they've had the margin. It was yep. like half a second yeah, in that exactly. sector. You could position your car, keep them behind, and then get back to that main straight on lap 19 or yeah. 20 and give it the top end and yep. create a little buffer, yep. you know? So is it a racecraft thing with Max? I know he's the champion. Yep. I realize this might be kind of crazy to say. But at what point is he going to develop the racecraft and realize it doesn't need to be balls to the wall yeah. every single corner? Yeah, I, I think at that point he knew he was in uh, kind of a panic mode where if Leclerc got into his, you know, his rhythm, he was going to check out on him. So 
and we saw the the straight line speed of the Red Bull down. You know, the last quarter of the straightaway, it was like monstrous. It was how crazy. Fast I, he was it, going. Because I remember looking at Mercedes when he was yeah. trying to overtake a few, and I'm like, wait a second, they're just you stalled. Can see. Yeah, they they would get the run and they would just stall beside where Max the was Red like was seven car lengths back, and he, ri- he pulled up underneath them. So I think he knew that they were so fast in the tight sector or the the second sector that if he didn't do something in the first sector it was over right so he was lunging on him to because he knew he had so much top line speed he had so much straight line speed that if you looked at it maybe into turn four it wasn't that long and long of a straightaway for him to lunge on him again because if it comes out of the tight section and then and and leclerc is you know if he's on leclerc's bumper and he doesn't get by him by you know if leclerc blocks going into turn four and he doesn't get by him there's a big chance that leclerc will just gap him into the next sector so i think he just knew this was the only place that i really had you know outpaced the ferrari and that's where i had to go um you know it's it's one of those situations where you know when they notice that they're the straight, the fastest car on the straightaway in your head, you're like, okay, well, I'll clearly the best, best place for me to pass is that straightaway. So I got to keep going on the straightaway. Yes. I think he could have tried something different and went for turn four, at least once, maybe on the first time, maybe after the first time he messed up, maybe after the second time, you know, try something different um, because clearly it wasn't really working. But I think that last lunge when he locked up was like his last ditch effort to be like, I can't let him be this far ahead coming out of turn one and not lunge on him because you know if they went through it they would have been two three car lengths separated and then if he didn't get him into turn four that was it right so i think it was his last ditch effort to be like i am going for this because i know i can pass him at the end of the front straightaway and yeah you know maybe think outside the box a little bit more next time (laughs) um but hey it is what it is and and at that point you know he is a world champion and there's got to be some sort of thought process of why he kept going into turn one yeah they got to process a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to sit down yeah. and watch the TV and be like, you know, but they're processing a lot. They're processing the speed. They're processing the bumps on the track yeah. for the braking zone, all the gadgets and yeah. stuff they got on the wheel. Yeah. And you're right. Sometimes you just catch that red miss, world champion or not. And yeah. You're like, this is it. This is all this I is have. Because I let's do. be honest, Leclerc managed that race beautifully. Yes. From from lights out, he, he let Verstappen know early. You yeah. ain't bullying this. No. You know, you're not just going to come up here and... Yeah, we did that once before in Austria. Put that in the memory bank. It's not happening no yep. more. I thought it was a brilliant race from Leclerc, and he checked out before that. But he checked out before the first pit stops. Yes, he was three seconds up. Yeah. So chances are you are probably correct in there. Uh, moving things forward just a little bit, McLaren W yeah. T. Uh, I, I I I don't know. Um, fourteen fifteen. Yeah. And, and like barely, like barely 14th, 15th. And, and you can't blame Ricardo because Norris is right there. It's, you know, yes, Ver- Norris had an okay qualifying, but I think he just put that one lap together. That was a Hail Mary lap that kind of worked for him. Um, but you can see in the race pace, like they had nothing. They started on the medium tire to try to go the longevity to see if they can, you know, overcut a bunch of people. Didn't work. <laughs> and and yeah like i don't know what's going on with the mclaren i thought that the mclaren was going to be sh- pretty strong this year they looked all right in testing you know they they looked like the car the car doesn't look twitchy or anything it just looks slow it's just slow yeah it doesn't look horrible to drive it's just slow <laughs> like i don't know what else to say ex- except they need to sort that out because 
that that's not McLaren. That the, this looks like they were five years ago when they were at yeah, the back was, of the pack with Honda. I was just about to yeah. say like the trajectory over the past three seasons has been linearly, steadily rising. Yeah, and then to fall flat. Like it was, to take a dip. Like, yeah. That's not even a fall flat because yeah. that would insinuate a plateau of the trajectory. Exactly. They dipped. Yeah, they so were, they were battling with the Williams cars that you know have been struggling, and and same with the Aston Martins. Like, it was it's weird. It's, you know, we're Canada's F one show. Yeah. We, you know, we do our best, but there's really, I mean, Stroll finished P twelve. Yeah, but but it was it also, was just such a bad weekend yeah. for Aston, and this is like we have such high hopes for them. Yeah, and like you said, it could be a power unit thing that Mercedes. Those are Mercedes. Yeah, power the McLaren floating the, around the, at the back. Aston Martin and the Williams, Williams just, are all. At the at the back, I don't know if it's the, the the way the engine works with the with the aero package they have, but you know you could see that they didn't have that extra little bit down the straightaway. Even when, like you said, Lewis was passing, it was like they you know the Red Bull really zoomed up beside them, where where the the Mercedes were kind of you know they're getting there and they're pulling up beside and they're like okay I got to go deep on the brakes yeah where you know a, a couple where their Ferraris were the Ferrari even the, the Ferrari yeah, yeah they were, they had that done before the braking so yeah they like, were they pulling were, back they in were finished. and finished yeah that was the one big takeaway for me was that ultimately the, the Mercedes just looks slow yeah <laughs> like it's, you it's, know I don't know what it is and I'm not I mean, talking about just them no. I mean when you look at all the car you can yeah. just look at the results right anything with that power unit in there is uh, is struggling at the point at this point for pace yeah maybe it's maybe it, in the end, it, because Mercedes didn't have that time to develop their engine as well, you know, put different package, different, uh, you know, upgrades or whatever over the R&D over the winter, you know, the Ferrari clearly, the Ferrari engine clearly was a lot better and a lot more solid than the rest of the, the field. And the Honda was, you know, it was quick, but it just didn't have, the, it has the reliability issues, right? The so, interesting part about the Ferrari is they have a shady pass. Yes. Shady yes, pass. Yes. But so, I digress. Yeah. Let's do it. First race of the year, overwhelmed, underwhelmed, surprised. Overwhelmed, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be the Haas, man. Like, the Haas was, wow, wow, fast. <laughs> and and I, I was, I just loved seeing the Haas up front and, and, you know, the, how happy they were. You know, they were going through such tough times for the last couple of years that, you know, I was, I was just so happy to see the positivity coming out of Gunther and, and the, the team, like how relaxed Kevin was. Like that wasn't the old Kevin. Like he, he used to be so wound up and it seemed like there was so much more pressure on him. Suck that, my balls. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You saw him relaxed and mature. They were dapping it up yeah, on the grid, exactly. him and Hulkenberg. It was exactly. nice to see for real. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things that it's just, I, I just loved seeing how relaxed they were. And, and Kevin just seems so mature now. Like he just takes it as it comes and you know if he finished i think if he finished 10th he would have been as happy just because they were in the points you points know? finish for them is big no yeah doubt. um the surprise i'm gonna say that the ferraris the one too i i was i i knew they you had the pace i was surprised real? because it, the red bulls i thought the red bulls were gonna mix it up and not get the one two uh, so uh, when i saw the red bulls when the ferraris were finishing one two but also with signs you know he says he's struggling in this car i didn't think he was gonna have the race pace you know, if he finished in the top five, I yeah, they, you better, yeah. right? Your yeah. car is fast. But the fact that he finished one, two, and and noticeably, and he was noticeably slower than his teammate, and he even said, "I am missing a half a second this weekend." He said, "I'm struggling." He did you know, say that. It, yeah. It's one of those things where, yeah, I expected Leclerc to be up there, but you know, have a one, two, and and, and the start of the season, it was it was surprising to me. It was and a good surprise in the end. Um, you know, the underwhelming's got to be the McLarens. I I don't know what is going on they they just look bad 
Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, you know, they was, look, uh, they've got to go back to the drawing board. They have to turn that car around. I, I don't know what it is, but they need because to. Because it to is a it. crucial season. It is. For McLaren and for Daniel Ricciardo. It is. He could play around. There, there are some guys on the sideline. Yeah. That DeVries, can, yeah, Piastri. De- like, they got some young savages in the yeah. wings. And the fact that DeVries is a Mercedes driver and that's a Mercedes powered team, it could very well go that way. Danny needs to have a big year this year. And he, I mean, COVID, yes. This weekend we'll shoot him some bail. But with all the experience he has, he needs to get up into that car quick. Yes. And they got to get on top of that thing quick. Because that's the thing I've been saying, right? A lot of people are like, yeah, don't worry. Mercedes is going to get it together. Mercedes is going to get it together. But it's like you don't realize... Nobody else is standing still waiting for Mercedes yeah, to get no. it together. Everybody's still developing their stuff. Yep. So if you start off up here and you continue to develop, yep. the gap is the same, if not bigger. Because yep. all it we knew one team was going to get it wrong. Yeah, One team was going to get it wrong. Yeah. They've been saying it since the regulations were announced. And at the moment, it looks like McLaren it, is that team. It, it does. It does. And it's surprising because they developed uh, the past. They developed in the past, like you said, in a nice linear motion up. And this this was a plummet down, and it was not looking good for them. <laughs> I said, it was the big talk of the paddock that Google Chrome had yeah. had the had the wheel covers, the yeah. sponsorship on, and I was like, yeah, that's interesting. It's a good fit. It's a good match. I saw a meme after the race that like somebody said, uh, the McLaren putting that car in incognito mode. Or yeah. like- <laughs> I also saw one where the, the Google was gone, the Google's dropped, and it's Internet Explorer. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. For it was, it's, it's, I don't know. I hope they can turn it around just for one, like you said, for Ricardo and two, because that McLaren does not deserve to be back there. Well, there you have it. The first round of the 2022 Formula One season is in the books. Bahrain Grand Prix, Ferrari go one, two, Lewis Hamilton squeezes up into that third spot. We're moving forward to Saudi Arabia. Uh, one of the newer circuits, Yep. street circuit, tight circuit. Tight circuit. Got to be a fast car to get around yeah. that circuit yeah. because it's a track-dominant track position Yeah, uh, kind of win there. Who do you think takes it? I honestly, with the Ferraris coming off so strong and being fast in those tight sectors, I, I say they're, they're going to be another team to reckon with when they're uh, you know at this race. Um, I do think uh, if Red Bull can figure out the reliability, they will obviously be there. And I don't know, the Mercedes... I have no idea that Mercedes, I, I like, they just don't look fast in any corner. So, you know, you'll see. And I think, you know, that power unit of the Ferrari is going to keep that Haas in the top five. And I think they're going to come away with some wins this year. They're going to squeak into those, that, that podium position a couple times. And I think, you know, you can see Haas up there battling for wins this year. Well, we'll be back at it post-Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. For Daryl Timmers, I'm Dame Snellis. This has been another race weekend, Canada's F1 show.